What's up, and welcome into the lead block. Happy Monday, everybody. I am your host, Tyler Walters, alongside Matthew Anderson. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at the lead underscore block and Instagram at I think it's the same at the lead underscore block. Yeah, and then sure. follow myself at Tyler Walters CNR on Twitter. And follow me, Matt Chosen One with the number one on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. What's Happy Monday, everybody. Had a great weekend of college football. It's so-so weekend of college football. Had some really good games involving some top ten teams that kind of let us know who they were more of. Um, And we'll start there. We'll start with Florida-Auburn. So Auburn goes down to the swamp. And, uh, I mean, Florida just, the defense just choked Auburn out all day. Florida ends up winning 24-13. That Florida defense was super impressive out there. They really weren't letting anything really get beside them. And also really showed how maybe not good Bo Nix is. Or maybe not he's not he's not good, but he has a lot to learn, you know, playing the SEC and he did not he definitely got uh all he could handle on a Saturday. Yeah, I mean I'm about to eat a lot of words that, you know, I've said about Florida <laughs> just because I just didn't I didn't think they looked good until until yesterday. I mean they found ways to win and uh, up until yesterday, so they were, you know, winning games, but so they were 4-0 and going into yesterday, but they didn't look convincing in any of them. Their win over Miami at the end of this, the beginning of the season was very sloppy, Yeah, but it's it's weak. Uh, it's the first game of the year, so you can kind of expect a little of that, and then that Miami has looked to be just a, not a great team since then. Um, it looks like that's their best game of the year, Miami's, um, and, and Florida didn't look great in beating them at all. And then they played a few other games where they just didn't look very convincing. Auburn, on the other hand, had played great competition. Yeah. Oregon and Oregon when they played in Arlington, and, and that which was a great game, and Auburn ended up winning in the fourth quarter. And they played A and M on the road, and they had I thought those were two of the better wins in the country that any school had, any one school had, um, until A and M kind of messed it up playing Arkansas. I mean, A&M doesn't look very convincing now. Like, that's a great win. Um, But, yeah, and and I thought Auburn was going to go to the Swamp, and I thought they were going to find a way to win. But we look at Bo Nix, like like you were just saying, Bo Nix looked very off yesterday. He missed a lot of throws that were just makeable. He had a lot of open receivers downfield when he needed to make throws, those intermediate throws. He couldn't do it. And And he missed them all throughout the game on big drives. You know, Auburn was never out of it. And the game ended up being 11 points, but Florida, like, they scored at the end real quick to, uh, to make it an 11-point victory. That game was one-score game pretty much the entire game. Yeah, and you could see the emotion in Gus Miles' own eyes whenever he would miss some of the throws. Like, there was that one deep ball that I thought should have been a touchdown, but the guy, it was a little bit ahead of him, but it was a decent pass from the quarterback from Knicks. But then the interception, and it was just a rough day. And Mazzone knows, he obviously he knows the offensive scheme, so he knows what should have been a touchdown. So he hates to see points don't not getting put on the board. Yeah, you can't go on the road in the SEC in a place like the Swamp, um, no matter how good Florida is. The Swamp's always going to be hyped up, and it's one of the better environments in college football. Um, and, I mean, everywhere in the SEC is. So you can't go in a hostile environment like that and throw a pick in the second half in the end zone. Yeah. And expect to win. And that's what Auburn did. They had a great drive, and they get down into the red zone um, in the fourth quarter, I believe. And Knicks throws a pick just when I thought Auburn was going to be able to take the lead and come back and control this game. And we would have sat here today and said, Bo Nix didn't look great. 
uh, all around, but when it mattered, he came through, which is exactly what he did at Oregon. But Florida really exposed him this weekend, and you have to play just a really good football game to beat any team on the road in the SEC each week, and we see it year in and year out, and we see it each week, uh, each weekend and each week out, and you, you just have to play your best games, and you can't slip up. And he just didn't look good yesterday. And like you were saying with, with Gus Malzahn, he looked very, very frustrated after that pick because he knew Nick's had his guy. Yep. And you can't throw that interception at that time of the game. And I could see in Gus Malzahn's eyes, as soon as that happened, he knew the game was over. And it yeah. was. Yeah, I hate you. You know, you really hate to see it. But uh, Nick's, whenever he gets to be a sophomore junior campaign, he'll come back and appreciate these ga- appreciate. These get to these type of games, but for now, the best teams win on the uh, in the SEC. You got to uh, pack your bags, be ready to play your best football too. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Um, I I kind of worry about with Knicks is I know he's going to be better in a year or two uh, because he's a freshman, and I do. I mean he's clearly what Auburn thinks to be their best chance to win every week because yeah. he's started over everyone else they have there. Um, and, and he looks to be more of – Stidham was good the last couple of years. Yeah. Stidham wasn't, like, fantastic. I think Bo Nix has a higher ceiling. Yeah. But he's still working through the kinks, and I don't know if Auburn and Auburn fans are are just, frankly, going to give Gus Malzahn that time. Gus Malzahn's been on the hot seat, I feel like, every year since he's been at Auburn, and I haven't felt like he's been on the hot seat since then, since – in the last two years, but I mean, you look now and they just lost to Florida. They've still got LSU. They've still got Alabama. You're looking at a team that's nine and three and not really playing for anything at the end of the season. And that's not what Auburn fans have grown accustomed to. That's not what they're the standard that their neighbors in Tuscaloosa have have kept them up to (laughs) in the last 10 years. And yeah, I mean, obviously it's a little lopsided as far as championships go. But, I mean, Auburn's been right there competing with Alabama every single year since Nick Saban's been there, you know, and you can't you can't slip up because Auburn will still beat you at the end of the year if you're if you're Bama. But I just don't know if Auburn fans are going to give uh, Malzahn and his staff credit this year and give him a pass to get to the next couple of years of Bo Nix. So they've got to find a way to win one of these games later down the road against LSU or Bama. Um, if I'm an Auburn fan, I, I can I mean, you're getting – you go back and forth with Malzahn, right? You yeah. have a really good season and you play for the SEC Championship, and then the next season you underperform. And then you kind of go back and you're right at the top of the tables in the SEC West, and then you underperform. And I, they've absolutely not underperformed so far this year. Right, But right. Saturday they looked rough, and that's just one you got to win just because who's left on your schedule. So, I mean, that's tough for Auburn. But let's go back to Florida here for a second. I mean, Florida looked great, and Trask didn't look great at all in the first half. I mean, he fumbled like three times, and he <laughs> kept putting the ball in the dirt. And that's also frustrating if you're if you're Auburn. You know, you get three turnovers, and I think they got like six points off of it. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, you have to, you have to, oh, especially when you have turnovers, you have to convert those into points, preferably touchdowns, because it really like it's really great for you, obviously for your defense. Like, okay, well, y'all did this, and we're gonna get get the ball back and put some points on the board, but you have to get at least a field goal out of it. Yeah, I mean, you they so they scored. I mean, they scored field goals on two of them. Yeah, but if you get three fumbles, you've got to make, you just got to score a touchdown. Yeah, and I mean that's on. 
Knicks and Whitlow and the rest of the Auburn offense. And Florida's credit to Florida's D. I mean, they didn't just because they're their quarterback and their offense kept putting the ball on the turf. I mean, they absolutely held their own and kept Auburn to six points through three turnovers in the first half. I mean, that's that's pretty solid. It's almost like Florida's defenses was going to keep them in the pitchers in these in this tough uh, game stretch they have coming up. They're going to need their offense to continue making plays. Probably, from what I'm seeing, they're going to be making most of their plays on the ground in the run game. Yeah. Lamickle Le- 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 Perrin, I don't know however you say his name, but he had 14 carries for 130 yards and one touchdown. Piran? Yeah, yeah, Piran. Yeah. He's the one who finished the game on like that long run, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Piran's good. And they have Rainey, who is, uh, I mean, as fast as light. Yeah. That kid is so fast. You get him in space. And you just get him the ball and watch him take off. And I saw that in in the Miami game. I mean, he you can't you can't hide speed. You can't teach speed. You can't beat all the cliches about speed are true. Like <laughs> it, it's you cannot get that anywhere else. And he is lightning quick. Yeah, he has some of that Florida speed that you hear about. Uh, a lot of credit to Dan Mullen too for coming in and helping this program and kind of flipping this thing around. And being just a really good coach and getting them in the right now, obviously it's early, but at least they're in the conversation. They're the one of the be, the second probably best team, the SEC East. Yeah, I mean this is exactly <laughs> what you thought. If you're Florida, you dealt with Will Muschamp, and that just didn't work out. And then you had McElwain, who didn't work out, and, yeah. and you had a few guys there in between Urban and now, where it just you didn't feel like you had like that guy that could they could keep you at the championship level that Urban had you on. And I, I think they made the smartest hire they could have and got Mullen uh, last year or two years ago. And he was obviously there as an OC. And when Tebow was there and when Urban was there winning championships with those guys, and I think Mullen wants to be there. And, I mean, I think Florida is going to be very good. I just didn't know if it was this year. But, I mean, they're here. They got here quick. And they're here, so they have a legitimate shot to end the season with 10-plus wins. I mean, they have two very big games left on the schedule uh, in the regular season, and we'll see what they can do with them. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about next week's game here in a minute. But they have got uh, – Dan Mullen has got them to championship competition very quickly. I want to go back to the, the turnover thing. Um, I don't know. Did you see all of this game? Yeah, I watched it. Okay. All right. And um, the thing that broke my heart in this game is seeing Auburn's defensive tackle, Derek Brown. Yes. Big number five. Big nasty. Pick up a ball off the turf while Florida's in the red zone and take it back. And, I mean, he just got sniped it like <laughs> the Florida 40. He had it He had it all day. I mean, he's 6'5", 318. And he, that number five looks so small on him. Oh, my. That jersey Single was digits. screaming for help. But, uh. Yeah, I mean, he looked good going all the way down the field, picks up a fumble, starts running down the field, got plenty of blockers around him. There's, no, I mean, he's got it, right? Yeah. If he just keeps going. And he, he, you don't need a lot of speed. Right. He, he looked a little speedy <laughs> for 318, 
but he just tripped over his own feet. You can't do that, man. He just Come on. That's the big man's dream, All, uh, especially defensive tackles and really defense ends over 250 pounds. It's their dream to finally get a fumble or, you know, intercepts, whatever case, to take it and run it. And then so when they're looking back at this on film, it's going to be like, and you tripped, you fumbled the bag completely. I'm yeah. sure he is getting berated today in their team locker room and defensive <laughs> room. Um, because Auburn's defense, like we said, didn't play bad. Their offense just didn't really help them. Um, but yeah, I mean that was that was just that was so disappointing. And then they not they end up not getting points off of that drive. And then so now people are looking at you like, dude, you should have scored. And it's like, ha ha. But it's like, no, seriously, dude. Like, come on, we need you to do that. Yeah, it, it's rough. It's rougher. I feel for my guy Derek Brown here. But <laughs> I mean, he looked good coming all the way down the field and just tripped over his own feet and just hurt himself, which stinks because I was really when he when he picks that ball up off the turf. Yeah. And I see him start breaking away. I I stood up and I was like screaming for him to go. I wanted to see I wanted to see the big guy touchdown, and we just didn't get it. Uh, so it's tough. And I mean that's got that's got to suck for him. And I can't imagine the emotion that he had and all the stuff that he caught coming off the field, going back with his teammates on the sideline. So that's rough. Um, but let's look ahead. Like we were like we just mentioned, we would let's look ahead for Florida. So Florida is. Going to Death Valley next next yep. week, and we'll talk about it on Friday's episode a lot, probably. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a top ten matchup. Let's see. I got the AP poll pulled up here. Auburn, or excuse me, Florida moved. LSU is at five, which I, don't, I think is a little low, considering what they've been able to do this season. Uh, but Florida is up to seven now. Right, right. Um, but so you're going to have a top seven matchup. Uh, seven versus seven at five. Um, and I mean, Florida really, really got their hands full and I'm not all the way in on Florida yet. Yeah. I'm getting there. This definitely proved, you know, they can compete. You got to go compete with outside of two of the best quarterback in the SEC, you know, next week. Yeah. Um, first time you can see a high powered offense from LSU. Yeah. And I mean, they look, they look good. They looked great yesterday uh, with Utah State at home. I get it. It's Utah State. But Utah State's been a decent team. But, I mean, it, you know, you schedule this game. If you're LSU, you're like, all right, it's a, it's a, re, it's a group of – it's a non-conference, but we're not playing an FCS team kind of game. It's, here's a program that has a little pride and, and makes it, has a decent gear every now and then. We'll get them to come to Death Valley, and we'll play them. Um, it's not like they needed the non-conference help scheduling this year after they played Texas. But, I mean, them beating Utah State like they did can only help them as far as when you get look start looking down the line and the committee selection committee is thinking is looking outside of just conference wins as to, like, all right, which team has the edge. And beating Utah State 42-6 to at home uh, was huge for them. And their offense was rolling, and they were wearing the purple jerseys, which we only see once or twice a year. We saw it at... They were at Vandy last weekend, two weekends ago. I'm pretty sure it was last week. Two week, yeah, something, something like that. I think it was two weekends ago, which was their last game. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they had a bye here, but which is weird bye to have to be have a bye and then come into Utah State. I figured, you know, if you're LSU, you would have rather had that bye this week. I would imagine to have it before Florida. Most definitely. But that's just how things work out. I mean, they can't always control that. But um, yeah, and, and they look great. So, um. We got Florida coming to the swamp or to Death Valley <laughs> next weekend. Excuse me. Eight o'clock. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll be on ESPN. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be 
just one heck of a game. And, I, I mean, I can't wait to watch it. Like I said, we'll talk about it a lot on Friday's show. So let's move, let's move on from Florida and Auburn. Auburn, um, you, you got to get it together if you're going to make a, a run down the road. I'm looking up Auburn's schedule real quick. I cannot remember. Auburn has Arkansas next Arkansas week. Arkansas next week. And there then, then they'll go to – I'm pretty sure they'll go to Death Valley the weekend after that. Yes, they do. So, yeah, tough road ahead for Auburn. Um, but we're about to find out a lot about Florida here in the next week, uh, next few weekends because they, they have Georgia coming up too. Uh, and that's the other team that I mentioned that was – you know, they have two really good games left on their schedule that they're going to have to – two really big teams they're going to have to beat. So they've they've got LSU next week, like we mentioned, and then they come to Columbia here, which might get interesting. Yeah, and then the thing is, they'll, they'll probably be playing Georgia for the SEC East crown. So it's like if Carolina – so Georgia is definitely rooting for Carolina to at least give them a great game. So it's not like a blow or anything to get those starters out, even though when they go on the road, you don't really have as many like uh, backup players anyway. But anyway, when that Georgia-Florida game, it was probably for the SEC East crown. Yeah, I mean, this was the biggest thing in the Florida game for me watching yesterday. Um, if you're a South Carolina fan watching this game, this that game should have told you whether or not you think your team is going to have a legitimate chance against Florida. Um, and before yesterday, when they played Auburn, I thought South Carolina would have had a, a decent chance at Florida. Yeah, no, it would have been a huge upset. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I thought South Carolina had a legitimate chance against Florida. But after watching yesterday, I don't. Those chances went way down. And Florida's. <laughs> Kind of play the level of their competition this year, so it's yeah. not nothing's out of the realm of possibilities. But I mean, their defense yesterday was just amazing. Yeah, they'll, so they'll be for sure getting at their uh, whenever that does come. And like you said, we'll talk about more about it later. But they'll for sure get at their Linsky. So it'll be interesting to see how the USC run game competes with the uh, Florida front seven. Yeah, I mean that's two two weeks away. So if you're South Carolina fan watching this week on your bye week, that's kind of what you had to be looking at. That was the big game to look at kind of down the road, get a feel for who you're playing. Uh, it, it's This season looking worse and worse for you. <laughs> but um, All right, so around the SEC, we'll go rest around the SEC. Uh, Missouri smacked Troy, which is kind of, you know, whatever. Uh, Missouri quietly having a very good season, so only one loss. Um, one loss? One loss wow. at Wyoming, which they did get, you know, it's a loss to Wyoming, but uh, they have a pretty good win over West Virginia at home. Um, smack South Carolina, dominating win there, um, and they they look pretty good so far. So I mean, Missouri is still got Florida on the schedule as well. They get them in November um, at home, but there's another team that Missouri kind of does this every year where they quietly have a decent season. Yep. And then they're one or two wins out from an SEC, uh, an SEC East championship or an SEC championship game. Um, so it, with their bowl band, would they still be a lot uh, bowl postseason, whatever you want to say? Would they be allowed to compete in the SEC championship? I'm not sure, but I'm pretty. I I think I'm not certain, but I think they can still compete in the SEC championship. It'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah. Um, but if Missouri were to somehow end up getting to Atlanta. Um, I don't think they would be able to compete with whoever came from the West, whether it be Alabama or LSU. Right. Um, or even Auburn still has a chance. They're not out of it yet. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they can compete with those three teams. And they would have to beat Georgia to get to Atlanta. Right. I don't think that happens. Um, and if it does and Georgia only loses by a point, 
and the college football committee decided to take some another team from the SEC and they went to the East, they would still easily be able to get Georgia in, I believe. Gotcha. With, a, with one point loss against the Missouri Tiger team who goes to the SEC championship. The season that Missouri's going to have to have for all of those things to play out would legitimize Georgia's loss to Missouri if those things happen. Um, <laughs> oh, and also in this Missouri game, Kelly Bryant did go out. Uh, he had a leg, a left leg injury, a left knee injury, if I'm not mistaken. Was, some people thought it was a cheap shot. I could see how you're starting to see a lot of quarterbacks get rolled up on, mm-hmm. but uh, his roommate said that he's fine, so we're going to look and see what happens, and hopefully he'll be back and ready to go for next week. Yeah, I'm just I'm seeing it for the first time right now. Uh, producer Brendan just flipped his laptop around and pulled it up for me. Yeah, that looks – I mean, I can see how you think it's a cheap shot, but also it's definitely a flag. Yeah. But the defender looked like he had his, his – his head down at the end of the play, and he's behind Bryant and Oof. just kind of snipes him in the leg. And I, that looks rough. For I hope he's okay. Yeah. That's something you hate to see, um, especially with the way Missouri's been playing, like we were just saying. Uh, they could make things really interesting, and you hate to see interesting football get thrown off uh, like that. And Ooh. Trask also, going back to Florida real quick, Trask went out for a couple – possessions yesterday yeah uh with a weird tackle um but he came back in was and seemed to be fine so that i mean that's also something to watch florida's on quarterback number two now um who i kind of weirdly believe in more than (laughs) i I said that friday but uh yeah that's just that's just the way it goes and um it's good that trask is back in so florida can keep going let's move to tennessee just just an utter disappointment. I just <laughs> yet again. Every week I get so I kind of I psych myself into thinking, all right, this is the week Tennessee can kind of like maybe they'll make it interesting. Like eh, they might not win, but just make it interesting. Especially at home. Yeah, I mean, I took uh, one of my picks of the week was Tennessee plus twenty four and a half on Friday's show, and they they lost by a lot more. Like just just so much, so many points, forty three fourteen. Georgia goes to Tennessee, and good for Georgia. This is, you know, another convincing win for them. Um, they went and took care of business like they should have. And I saw a scenario where Florida, um, or excuse me, Georgia struggled with Tennessee, and just because it's weird, um, but they didn't. So, well, I, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, uh, Tennessee is just a sad year. One and four on the year. Jake Fromm went 24 for 29 with 288 yards uh, passing and two touchdowns. But Tennessee, I always wonder what's the fix. Like, what what does Tennessee need to happen to get them back on the radar? Don't they? I think they still get, you know, the three and four star recruits because of the Tennessee name. But I'm really interested to figure out here what will it take for a Tennessee and. Will, like, a great coach or maybe, like, a Hugh Freeze or something like that, would he potentially put his name in? Or would they look Ooh. out to see if they can get him a job in Tennessee? I like that. All right. I, we'll talk about Jeremy Pruitt for a minute because I, I have some other comments on something we didn't put on Friday's show that I wanted to get to. Um, I thought Pruitt was going to be the fix at Tennessee. I thought he was a great defensive coordinator at, uh, at Georgia. Yeah. And then he went to Bama once Mark Rick left. Um, and then he got a shot at Tennessee. And I thought he was going to be the answer. I thought he was going to lose to Nick Saban every year in October, like all of Saban's former assistants do. <laughs> uh, what Kirby will be doing in Atlanta here in a few months. Yeah, shortly. Um, yeah. And I thought he was going to be the fix. But 
I just don't know. How, how do you come back? This is brutal. Yeah, and it's and only Tennessee getting worse. Tennessee some bad football. Yeah. And, and you are all, you know, all Tennessee fans were ready, so ready to get rid of Butch Jones here <laughs> a couple years ago. But at least Butch had you winning some games. That's my big point with Tennessee fans. At least he had y'all on the radar. Like, y'all had Jalen Hurts. You had Alvin Kamara. Like, you had good players. Y'all were playing some – y'all were playing well, eh, decent. Yeah, and they had Josh Dobbs at that time too. So, I, I was like, man, I mean – this ain't no better than what y'all were doing. And then y'all had Malone, because I remember they had an ESPN documentary or something on, uh, I, think it, I forgot the name of it. But, yeah, so I don't know what it's going to take for Tennessee. Love to see uh, what's, love to see who, because I'm sure the board of trustees and have already started thinking about getting their search committee going, figure out who they might get next. Well, they might give, how many more years do you think they'll give Jeremy before they uh, let him go? Uh, you got to give him at least one more because no one wants a Tennessee job, frankly. <laughs> um, and, and like he said, for uh, – I'd love to see Hugh Freeze back in the SEC. Uh, we we talk about Hugh decent, but I think we're both kind of big Hugh guys. Yes, yeah, huge. But uh, and you know, obviously, you can't have a repeat of what he did at Ole Miss with the whole cheating scandal and him calling strippers in Tampa. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't have that again. <laughs> but you know, you look around and Peyton Manning standing on the second on the sideline yesterday, and you look if you're a Tennessee fan, and you say. Why we have Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in the SEC and the NFL. Yep. You know, he's he's up there in both of those. He's not the best in either of those categories, I don't think. Um, but he's up there in the discussion with both of those. And you can't that that was your that was just I mean, it's twenty years ago, yeah. But at the same time, those are the kind of people you have around your program. Some of the best players of all time. And you somehow cannot beat Georgia State, and you lose to Georgia, uh, Georgia at home by thirty points and or twenty nine points, um, and you just can't be competitive in any football games. It looks rough for them right now. Yeah. Um, here's the thing I was saying I want to talk about Friday, and, and we just didn't get to. So I guess in September, uh, yeah. So September fifteenth. Florida linebacker Jeremy Banks, or excuse me, Tennessee linebacker Jeremy Banks, uh, gets stopped on like a traffic violation oh, or something. Yeah. yeah, traffic stop, and the police officer realizes he has an outstanding warrant for his arrest. So, the uh, police officer does his job and makes the arrest. And on body cam, Banks is telling the police officer. Uh, where I come from, we shoot cops. That, I mean, you got to have a, a better sense of, I guess, uh, you got to have a more of a sense of awareness than that. Um, and that's a paraphrase. I, I don't, I, I'm not exactly sure that, like, what, if he said shoot or kill. But it was to that extent. It was gruesome. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. It was one of those couple words right there. But then... It gets even that that's that looks bad yeah. on the kid. That looks bad, very bad on the kid. But it's it's and it's a little smudge on the Tennessee program. Here's what looks even worse. When Tennessee uh when he, Banks, excuse me, sits in the back of the cop car and calls his coach and Coach Pruitt tells the cop that this is the biggest load of BS he's ever seen and he's been 
four places, and he ain't ever had a problem like this, insinuating that the cops should just let him off. Right, right. And that has got, that is such a show of just, I, I mean, what I consider to be just bad character by Pruitt, of begging a cop to let a player go after he has an outstanding warrant. I mean, that's, you are, that it, the cop is doing his job. Legally, if he does that, the cop should be fired. Yeah. So, you know, and he loses his job, and if he gets caught uh, doing something like that, I'm sure he would be fired. And uh, now I'm not saying those things don't go on everywhere. I'm sure if a South Carolina player gets pulled over right now and uh, for a traffic violation and, say, Ryan Holinsky gets pulled over for speeding and he calls up Muschamp and the cop, you know, talks to Muschamp and Muschamp says, hey, just let my guy go or whatever. I, and, you know, th- I'm sure those things happen all the time. I can't imagine that too many cops are uh, not arresting people. Yeah. Like when you have an outstanding warrant for something like this, I, I don't. I think that's a stretch. That could be happening. I'm not putting out the realm of possibilities, but that's that's such a bad look for Pruitt. I think, and if he doesn't, and it sounded like in the video that he was just so disappointed with the way things were in Knoxville in general. Yeah, and he... that was the bigger <laughs> point to me. Oh, my gosh. So many points from here. First of all, Jeremy Banks, I don't know if you saw, he just was dismissed from the program because I think last week. Okay, actually, let's go back to what you said. In the African-American community, so generally we do not have the best relationship with the police officers. But you definitely do not say anything that could potentially, like, kind of tempt them to take things further than what they are. You don't say things like, where I'm from, they shoot, because that, like, they, we shoot or kill whatever police officers, because then that could be like, okay, that police officer might be a nice guy, but now he's like, oh, so, like, that's how, that's the energy you're coming on? Don't tempt him, son. Now he's dismissed from the program. He, he was trying to get some lady to come outside the bar so he could fight her. Jeremy Banks is really, hopefully he's not listening to this, because I don't want no problems with him. But, <laughs> but Jeremy Banks has really got some things going on. And, yes, to Pruitt, that looks horrible on your program. The fact, like, it kind of shows the culture that's surrounding it. And it also kind of makes me think, yeah, you're not going to be here for too long. Yeah, all right. So, and here's even more things that I think look bad for Pruitt. This is why I think, Tennessee fans, you have a legitimate excuse to get rid of Pruitt. Um, <laughs> because he's proved, like, in this one scenario, has proved himself to have questionable character, I think, three or four times. So now you're adding that on to a football season that's gone terribly. Yeah. Uh, so, first of all, he has a thing where he tells the cop, like, come on, man, just let him go. When you know you can't do that. Like, you should, you should know better. As a football coach... And you're making the kind of money you are, and you're the kind of role model you are. And like we said about Dabo the other day, I think the head coach of any football program of a school, especially in the South, in a big-time football program, you are the biggest representative of that university. Not only the program, but of the university and of the community. Yeah. And when you do something like that, it kind of puts a black mark on your program and the university and the community at large to uh, on Tennessee fans. Like, yeah. oh, Tennessee fans, now, you know, his Georgia fan buddy saying, oh, well, yeah, you work for, you root for a guy who, you know, tries to cheat cops or tries to cheat the law. Right, right. A guy who thinks he's above the law. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's kind of a black mark on all of Knoxville. And then it takes until this week for Pruitt to dismiss Banks from the team when this became a big deal. This happened in September. Yeah. Pruitt could have, September 15th. It is October 6th. 
he got re- he got dismissed. I think Thursday or Friday. Right. Um. And let me see. I got the article right here from October fourth. So that was Friday. Uh. Yeah. Brett Sally of, or Barrett Sally of of CBS dot com is the article that I have pulled up. If you want to go read it, uh, about Jeremy Banks getting dismissed from from Tennessee, and he says. Yeah, basically, you know, it, it takes this long for you to dismiss this guy. This is two and a half weeks when he could have come out, dismissed him day one, said, all right, this is, you can't do that. You know, we know everything that happened. I'm sure the officer told him everything that happened. Um, and, and now Pruitt's defending himself. And he's saying, uh, I've, he said it was, he said he was kind of like joking or that's not really what he meant by when he told the cops. Like, you need to cut me a break. He said, quote, there's no place I've ever coached where anybody has cut anybody a break. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. But uh, I, I can't – I do find it believable that nobody's cutting them breaks like this, this big. Um, but, yeah, I think that he thought every everything in his mind was that, oh, this cop should let him off because I'm the coach of the football program. Um, and I just – I mean, I don't think that's right. And I don't know. It's, it's It looks bad. And I think that's your reason – these are the kind of things, Tennessee fans, if you want your coach gone, maybe go after this stuff. Yeah, you hint at these type of things. This generally you have people start emailing, mailing the president, letting them know that we don't like this guy being a representative of our program. Also, one thing to think about is like a lot of times what happens is if you go ahead and cut the guy early on, it kind of shows to the rest of the team that, okay, th- this guy's not playing. But otherwise, it shows a lot that, that you'll allow whatever to transpire on your program, and you don't want that going throughout because then the next guy might try. Obviously, he wouldn't try to do the same thing, but he'll know, like, okay, if I take it here, there's nothing bad going to happen to me, so why? what would stop me? Yeah, all right. So we'll wrap it up with the SEC with just a few – I didn't watch any of the Ole Miss Vandy game. I mean, no re- no real reason to. Game doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, I was kind of disappointed in Derek Mason and the crew uh, from Vandy losing, getting just get smoked by Ole Miss. So I mean, good for Ole Miss if they beat somebody that bad. I I thought Vandy would give a little more effort. Yeah. Um, so I just hate to see that. In both those programs, Ole Miss is going to be back. Vanderbilt. I like to. Re- I I hope Vanderbilt is relevant again. They were a few years ago with James Franklin. Um, I mean it was kind of fun when they were good. So it makes it more interesting in the East. Uh, you you need the Vandys and the the Kentuckys of the world who for so long have kind of been near the bottom um, to kind of pick it up every now and then. And Kentucky yeah. has for sure. Kentucky looks like they're going to be having a rough year this year. Not or not as good a year as they had last year. But they they look like they're going to be back. Um, and Vandy's just got to find a way with with Derek Mason, um, and hopefully they do. Derek Mason's a great guy. He's he's easy to root for. So we'll see about that. And then let's move on to uh, – let's talk about this for a second. Georgia and Ohio State, the AP poll came out today. They are tied at third, uh, which is just so dumb. I love Ohio State. I am really – this year I am officially jumping on the Justin Fields bandwagon, especially after watching that game last night. Although it was just uh, – who is that? It was just Michigan State, Mark D'Antonio's team. But I'm really jumping on the Ohio State bandwagon. One of the best decisions Justin Fields ever made was transferring. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how he was able – like what was the emergency to where he was able to be approved I, I don't. I can't remember exactly what he cited. That's the thing with the NCAA is they pick and choose, and they knew this would be good and make yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Yet the kid who – Transferred from Coastal to Virginia Tech to be closer to his mom who had cancer. They didn't allow him 
an emergency to play. Yeah. He that kid's got to sit out and use, lose a year of eligibility. That's a different story for a different day. I'm happy to see both the both of them should be playing. Right. I'm not by any means saying Justin Fields should be sitting out. I'm loving him playing. Right. So um, better for college football. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the kind of that's a different story. But I don't remember exactly what. But to go like to answer your question, I don't remember exactly what what was the emergency. Um. But yeah, I want to talk a little bit about them being tied in the poll. Why are we? T- why do we have ties in the AP Top Twenty Five? <laughs> I get it's a voting system and a point system, and they got the same amount of points. But hey, come, just pick who's the better team. Yeah. Just, just tell me. It's all you've got Clemson and Alabama ranked ahead of them, and neither Clemson or Alabama has had the season that Ohio State has had so far. I mean, just I, they just haven't. It's it's just a fact. And Ohio State did get uh, ten votes for first place yesterday. Uh, so we're seeing that on the rise, and Clemson has theirs is slowly lowering. They're at 15 first place votes now, but we get the college football playoff poll. I believe next week it usually comes out right after week seven. I love the unveil of the, of the uh, college football playoff ranking. It really is starting to see the as high level football as some of these teams been playing, like the LSU's and Ohio State's and Georgia's. It really is pushing Clemson outside of the ranking. Like yeah. it, the more and more because like I'm watching these games, I'm like, yo, these these are definitely the best teams in the country. That's what I mean. This is kind of what I've been saying the last few shows here is that Clemson is not blowing people out, and they've already messed up. You can't go back and change that. You should not be losing. Uh, you should not be winning off of a failed two point conversion in Chapel Hill. That game should have been over at halftime. You should have been up thirty. Um, and they play Florida State this week, and they'll probably be up up. 30 at halftime, or they should be. Should they, be. They, they need to beat Florida State by 65 points, honestly. Florida State's just not a good team. Um, and they've won the last couple of weeks, I believe. They've, they've, had, they've gotten a few, found a few wins with Taggart in there. I believe Taggart's on his way out, or should be, uh, if you're Florida State, because you got to have more pride in your program than that. Yeah, this No can't, offense to Taggart, it just hasn't worked out. This can't continue. And maybe, I was thinking about this, as a matter of fact, the other day, maybe you could sell your recruits. Right now, they're like Taggart's here. I mean, nothing's really happening, and this is – continue while him being while him being there but if you bring in another coach it's like yo we got new energy also Florida State has a new quarterback starting uh, this week uh, I think he played a little bit last last week or the week before then anyway, I saw him is a new guy coming in I want to say he's a transfer and I'm not sure but so yes yeah, some, some new energy come from Florida State hopefully their best hope here is that Clemson hasn't seen too much of this guy uh, because he obviously hasn't been yeah. starting. I mean, I don't foresee that being a problem for Clemson. Yeah. But Clemson's got to come out and win big if they want to stay at the top of the polls. And we get the college football playoff poll next week. And I hope for once in their existence, because every year there's just the committee has just been dumb. And I don't think they, the committee themselves, have fixed anything that people criticized about the BCS system. Uh, it, it's because it's been controversial at all times. And at least with the computers which was the way of the BCS, there was an algorithm for a ranking system, and you kind of knew as a team what you needed to do to win, which was maybe not schedule the best opponents, but just to blow everybody yeah. out because the computers love that. Um, and, we're, yeah, while we're seeing some better football games, we've also seen a lot of bad football this year. It's not like we've sat here multiple times this year, this year, this season, and said, well, there's just not that many great games on this weekend. Um, and while we were getting two great games, like we just saw with Florida and Auburn this weekend, um, and we got LSU and Florida, we got all these big matchups still left for the second half of the season. There have only been a handful of memorable games this season that I, just off the top of my head, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, a week, two weeks ago, Florida, Auburn, um, LSU and, and, and Texas. 
and uh, Auburn, Oregon. Auburn, Oregon. And, and I mean, that's almost it. Iowa and Michigan, which we'll get to in a few minutes here, was a pretty good game this weekend as well. That, that's a memorable game. But there just haven't been like huge games. Um, Boise State, Florida State would have been memorable, memorable had Florida State been any kind of decent team. Yeah. I mean, they just they just aren't. Um, so now with that, like we're seeing Bama's just – they're blowing some teams out, but their defense just isn't looking great or as – I don't want to say that. I mean, they, they look good. They just haven't looked like Bama. They don't look – let me say this. Ohio State has looked more convincing in every win they've had than anybody else other than LSU. Yeah. I put LSU right there with Ohio State. And the reason I would put LSU behind, that would be my one two right now. If I just it would be Ohio State one and LSU two. And the only reason I put LSU behind is because they did give up forty points to Texas. Most definitely. And even though it was on the road and it's a bigger game than Ohio State's played all year and it's a a really good win. Um and it's better than any win Ohio State has. I think right now that Ohio State is just a better team than LSU and they have just proved it by just blowing everyone out. Um, and if this was the BCS system, Ohio State would be number one. Most definitely. Just because of the way they've beaten their opponents. And you said, you, I mean, Ohio State, Michigan State yesterday, the, the biggest game of the season, they won by 25 points. So, and Ohio State didn't look as convincing as they have. But you can't throw up 60 every game. <laughs> I mean, they weren't <laughs> far off from 50, you know. They got 34, and their defense was pretty good, only giving up 10 points again. Um I tell so, you, I tell you one thing about Ohio State too. They're so great. They're got a lot. They're kind of like an. I'm gonna I'm say this unpopular edition. I'm not gonna say they're like an SEC team, but they also they're gonna have a lot of games on their uh, schedule this year that are gonna be very like when you you see the that game on the schedule, it's like oh snap! Like they got to go play Wisconsin. They got to still play Michigan, and they have to play Penn State. And Penn State's an undefeated team, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they are. So you get Ohio State. You're about to get a kind of a. I mean, a who's who? The second half of the season, you got. Um, Northwestern next week, which can't, I don't, they're on the road in Evanston. I don't see them struggling with that one like Wisconsin did. Right. Um, is it Wisconsin, Northwest? I just kind of, like we talked about it the other week, and it was a close game. I just felt like it would kind of be close. Um, so they have them next week. And then they have Wisconsin here in two weeks at the end of the month, the 26th, or is that two, three weeks, whatever that is. Um, and that'll be a great. That's a, that's going to be a top ten matchup as long as Wisconsin keeps winning, which I think they will. Wisconsin has their defense is just killer. They've only given up points twice this season, so they've, <laughs> they've shut out three different teams and they have just put up all kinds of points. Jonathan Taylor should be being talked about more. Um, so that's that's just crazy. But uh, and they then they get basically two more bye weeks with Maryland and Rutgers. Um, but then at the end of the season, you have Penn State and you have Michigan. And I think Ohio State is going to win both of those games if I'm looking at it, how they've played so far, how every team has played so far. I think Penn State will give them way more trouble than Michigan will. Um, I don't even think that game will be a question. By right. the time we get to it, I think Ohio State might be that, that line you know, for that game. That, that might be a 15, 20-point spread, Ohio State-Michigan. And I might pick Ohio State to win it. Uh, to cover because I I think Ohio State is just leaps and bounds ahead of Michigan and um, Penn State is that that's the game if you're Ohio State you got Wisconsin here in a couple weeks and you got Penn State and those are really the two that you need to pay attention to as a college football fan to see what kind of team Ohio State is because right now they look like the best team in the country. Most definitely, and it's going. It's hopefully with injury barring, they don't have injuries. Like you get these teams full speed, and also they both get them at home. 
both of those games at home, that's huge because th- those are definitely trap games if you're on the road there. But at home, it's a great atmosphere. And Ohio State Stadium, what's the, like, I feel like there's a name to it. Let me think. Uh, it's got like a, they call it like the horseshoe. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. So of it's it's a horseshoe style, but I mean, they fit a lot of people in there. I mean, it's almost like Texas's horseshoe. Like, Texas only has, they don't have seats on one end zone, but there's still, like, 100,000 people that can get in there, which is absurd. It's a lot of energetic. So, think about the 50,000 other seats they could add in if they fill up that one side, which is just nuts. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, me and you both are on the Ohio State train as far as them being the best team in the country. And, um, I mean, I love to hate on Ohio State fans when, when Ohio State isn't as good as they think they are, but right now they're every bit as good as they think they are, maybe better. Yeah. So, um and honestly, right now, the way Alabama has played and Ohio State's played, I think I would go with Ohio State on a neutral field. So uh, Clemson, I don't think, is a question. I think Ohio State would beat them just the way both of those two teams have played. So we're looking at a really good team in the Big Ten, which is if the Big Ten, if you're a Big Ten fan, you've got to be excited, right? You need Wisconsin to keep winning, you need Penn State to keep winning, and you win Ohio State to keep to keep winning because you have three undefeated teams who are very good right now. They look very good. And Penn State's not getting quite the credit that uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin are. Um, and Wisconsin's not getting quite near as credit as they should be, I think, um, because they've just killed everyone. Like, explain why Florida is ahead of Wisconsin to me in, in the AP poll. If I, we keep, I keep going back to this every week. I look at the polling systems, and I just get so frustrated. Florida has one good win, and it happened this weekend. I just spoke about how they look real to me. Wisconsin's win is, I think, just as big. Michigan at home, both both teams were at home. Wisconsin won by a lot more points. They dominated the entire way. And then they struggled a little with Northwestern, um, but they still won by 10, 11 points. And everyone else, they have shut out. They played three other games, and they have not allowed a single point in any three of those games. And they have won by an astronomical amount of points, by 35, 40-plus. I think this is where a lot of people get upset with the SEC bias sometimes in college football. Yeah. Because a lot of times, especially people, I'm like, like, yo, Wisconsin's playing really well. And they're like, well, Florida, SEC, that's the better team. But in all yeah. reality there, that could be very easy to be switched. I, I mean, I would pick Florida over – or Wisconsin over Florida right now. And I'm an SEC guy. I love the SEC. And I'm usually a straight homer SEC. Give me all top four. I want to see the college football playoff. I just want to see – Top four SEC teams because the rest of you just don't matter. But, <laughs> you do not exist. Uh, yeah, but Ohio, you can't sit down and, and anyone who votes in the AP poll, you can't give me a good reason right now why you have Florida ranked above Wisconsin, or you know, I mean, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And why is Penn State, you know, right behind Notre Dame? I those teams seem similar, like similar teams to me. Yeah, like they think they're there, and they could be, but they still aren't quite. Penn State hasn't lost yet. So and I, we're not we're rewarding Notre Dame for losing, just like we, uh, when I talked <laughs> about the ad the other day when everyone whenever when the ad they took out in the Athens paper, congratulating Georgia on a weekend well done after their loss. Like we're AP is re- rewarding Notre Dame for losing, and I don't think that's the direction we should be heading in football. I think the opposite direction we should be heading is rewarding people for winning or rewarding people for winning. Um, I will move on from that. Oklahoma Colt rolled Kansas again this weekend. Uh, they struggled a little in the first half, though. That was about to say. Les Miles had a little – I mean, he had, he had it going for a little bit. And, I mean, it was kind of a not going to lie, you had me in the first half kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts just showed up in the second half. 
just he killed. Just, just came to play. Yeah, just nasty. Seems like Les Miles has a program moving in somewhat of the right direction there. This game was a little bit more interesting than I was expecting it to be, but obviously Oklahoma does roll. Now, when Oklahoma – I'm so looking forward to this weekend, Oklahoma, Texas. When this game happens, it's going to – Yeah, so, like, whenever this happens, it's really going to tell me a lot about where Oklahoma really stands there. In all, Texas, West Virginia, did you see that one? Yes, I did. I got it on the I got it on the map here to talk about here in a second. West Virginia played them very well, so that even has me even more like skeptical about what's gonna happen this weekend. But I'm looking forward to it. Most definitely. Um, Cincinnati Friday night beat UCF, like I called, like I told you. Yep. On Friday, take Cincinnati money line. They didn't. They got me on the black field, <laughs> so I got got. I think everyone got got. Their official Twitter account tweeted it out. I got got. <laughs> all right, and so now. Now I got beef with Cincinnati because I need the black field. Yeah. I mean, but they beat UCF. Um, UCF, like, just in your program, move move football. Football shouldn't be allowed to play in Orlando anymore. <laughs> You've been pretending for five, six years now that you're a decent program and that you can compete. You, you didn't join a conference. And I know there were talks of them joining the Big 12 five, three or four years ago. Um but the ACC, I don't, I don't know if the ACC reached out to them. The ACC should have tried to snag UCF. Yeah, I was thinking, like, the ACC, that'd be a really good thing for the ACC. The big, Get rid of Pitt or Syracuse and yeah. give me UCF. Yeah, that would have been more interesting for football. Pitt could definitely go. It'd be interesting to think about. Um, a team that UCF lost to, by the way. Yeah, UCF in the Big, the, well, the big 12 moving to Florida. That would have been weird. That would be so weird. All right, they're Texas. in West Virginia, dude. I mean, you got you got that is Texas right. Tech and West Texas flying all the way to West Virginia, uh, because the Big Twelve plays a, a straight round robin. Everyone plays everyone. Um, no rhyme to which it. Which I I love, by the way. And uh, I mean, I think there's there's been some articles that uh, Andy Staples put out a an SEC scheduling thing, an article on the Athletic the other day talking about it. The SEC really should change the way they schedule and get rid of divisions and play keep all the rivalries that teams have, and then just circulate everyone else so teams see each other more. Um, but, yeah, it, it. I would love to see that. I love how the Big 12 is going. So we talked about it a second. SMU survived Tulsa in, in overtime. Good to see SMU win. I want to see them. It's the first time since 84 or 86 that they've been ranked. So I want to I see them keep winning. They moved up to 21 this week in the AP poll. They're, they're 6-0. and So that's fun. Keep winning. Baylor, sneaky, 5-0. and They're now ranked 20, 22nd. So watch out for Baylor. Um, Baylor back in the mix. And Sean, that's the first time they've been back in the mix. Like this since Sean Oakman. You know, Jared Stidham, I think, was at Baylor where he transferred Stidham, out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was with the whole Art Briles thing and Baylor crashed. And, yeah, but they, they look to be back. I mean, Baylor had some really fun teams there for a while. Art Briles is Tennessee. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> I don't think programs are going to link your name with that. I'd rather keep Pruitt. Uh, um, you just mentioned Texas struggled with West Virginia. They did They did end up winning 42-31, um, covered, by the way, by a point. Thank you, Texas. Um, but, yeah, they they did struggle with West Virginia on the road. Uh, West Virginia looks looking impressive. They, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be that great this year. Um, and, and but I, I will love West Virginia football, so I, I hope they get back here the next couple of years after they lost Anna Holgerson. Um, Big Twelve is better whenever. Well, West Virginia was in the Big East for the longest, but yeah, whatever. I, I love them in the Big Twelve though. They, yeah, they fit. They fit very well, especially with explosiveness on the offense. Yeah, yeah, they just they have they have a Big Twelve vibe. So I, I mean, I love that. Um, and then 
the other game, the last game I want to talk about in college football is uh, Michigan and Iowa. Very boring. 10-3 to 3 Michigan. Um, <laughs> very, very boring. I thought Iowa, Iowa had so many chances to score, and they just couldn't do it. Um, so they dropped. Iowa drops to number 17 in the polls. They were 14 last week. I don't, you know, you lose on the road to an underperforming Michigan team and you only drop three spots. At, what? I don't, it, this is just. <laughs> I don't understand. It's the it. whole thing. Here we go. I can't, you can't even do the polling argument anymore. It just, it just bothers the hell out of me. Um, and then just classic Big Ten football. And I think Harbaugh is saved for now. Uh, but when he gets smoked by, um, Ohio State at the end of the year. I think you gotta let him go. That's so. what I was gonna ask you. You think Michigan beats Penn State? I don't. I don't know. I think that that would like a, a Penn State win would save Harbaugh maybe, but you can't lose Ohio State six years in a row and expect to keep your job. So, and I'm sure Harbaugh feels that pressure. I'm not saying like I mean he wants to beat Ohio State. I know he does. He's a Michigan guy through and through. Um, but yeah, I mean that this is classic Big Ten football. Iowa pretty boring game. Um, it had a bunch of chances, just didn't make it happen. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say about Big Is <laughs> Sometimes it is just so boring. You're sitting there watching it, and you just get so frustrated <laughs> because you see, like, they have so many chances. And, and it's like their quarterbacks just do just, like, just puke the ball up. And they're like, here, just, I don't, I don't want it anymore. We're going to punt it back to you. And they're just, they're just playing keep away against themselves, <laughs> uh, which is just rough to watch. Um and then, all right, so let's my picks of the week. I'll recap that real quick. I had Cincinnati. I went three and two. Uh, okay. So you're still making money if you take my picks. Haven't haven't had a bad week yet. Um, and had Cincinnati money line for you Friday night. And then the over on the Kansas Oklahoma game killed me. I was two points out. Uh, I, oh, frustrated <laughs> or three points out. I, that one frustrated me. It came down to the wire. What really hurt me was no one's Jalen Hurts not scoring in the first half as well, or in the first quarter as well. Kansas almost saved me. They didn't. You know what killed me? What? Was Oklahoma gets, they had their backup quarterback in in the fourth quarter, and I think they're going to score a touchdown, and the kid just doesn't make the best throw on, on third down to convert, and they're in the red zone, and they have to kick a field goal. And those three points ended up costing me because they would have got four more, and, and the over would have hit. That's tough. Um, and then, like, we, we already discussed Tennessee being disappointing and letting me down there. But I had Texas for you. Uh, th- that one that one crushed at 10.5. Texas won by 11. Um, and then LSU minus 27.5. Never had a doubt. That game was close for a little bit against Utah State, but never had a doubt. Joey Burrow and the gang got it done. 27.5 point favorites covered there. Um, dang, Packers is beating the Cowboys down right now. We got the game on. In the in the office, um, in the, the in the podcast studio, as we're watching, and, the, and uh, rough look for the Cowboys. The here. Packers with the defense is scary. They have a really good secondary this year. They drafted the guy Jair Alexander from uh, Louisville, and the, the Packers with the defense really makes Aaron Murray's like not. Oh my God, not Aaron Murray. Really makes Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, yeah, Aaron Rodgers' life easier. And I think they're gonna be a dangerous team. Yeah, I mean, Doc, Doc might be losing a few dollars on the contract today. <laughs> I don't Which, know what he's waiting to get that signed for. I'm not a Dak. I'm not. I've never been. I, wasn't, I haven't been a Dak guy since he got in the league. You're not a Dak guy? Nah, I like him in Mississippi State. Saw him play in Columbia once. Um, I mean, he was good. I I don't know. I just, maybe it's his name. I don't know. This is something <laughs> about I don't, the Prescott sounds a little, Prescott sounds like he went to a prep school and wore a tie <laughs> every day. Like one of those, uh, like weird ties. He just, it's not a quarterback name. 
Um, <laughs> speaking of quarterbacks, we'll get Mason Rudolph. Uh, hopefully, if you didn't see today in the, in the Pittsburgh game um, Sunday, uh, he got he got hit in what was that the second half of the of the game of the their game against the Ravens, um, and I mean really scary moment for a minute. He gets hit in the head and kind of like chopped almost, but right. the hit in the head really threw him out of it, and he went limp on the field. Heinz Field went silent. Um, red Zone went silent. Scott, it's it's when Scott Hansen gets in a serious voice, you know it's time to be serious. And, and Scott calmed it down, and it was. I mean, I'm standing up in the living room, just kind of like, oh crap, like what just happened? Is this guy okay? And you see Juju walk up to him, and, and then you see him walk out, like kind of crying, like he wasn't he wasn't responsive for a minute, I guess. Um, but then I'm sitting there, and they for three or four minutes he's laying on the ground, maybe longer than that. And, and I mean, it was tough to see. He gets up. This is a South Carolina guy, by the way. He went to Northwestern Mason Rudolph, um, and he does get up and walk off with help from his teammates. And what was really scary was seeing Ryan Chazier. Uh, Pittsburgh linebacker who got who got his career ended last year and was told he'd never be able to walk again pretty much who is walking again by the way but he'll never play football again right right um he's on the sidelines and he walks out to Rudolph you know when the, when the coaching staff and stuff walks out to him on the field to check on him and, and just that thought of like oh like this is this can be a very dangerous sport yeah. it's scary that was scary to see um so we wish Mason Rudolph all the best hope he's doing well um and so he is. I'm just seeing. Oh Brennan's yeah, though he ended up walking off. There was a medical yeah, get, cart. Yeah, the the medical cart. Bro, they, they bring the medical cart out <laughs> like the the. I guess they usually use John Deere Gators in college football, but it's more of like this big, like, uh, huge, am, open ambulance almost right. in in the NFL with a little little cart. The medical cart breaks down in the field, so you can't even put them on the stretcher and stretcher them off. So you have to push the cart off. That that they looks push horrible. the cart off the field. Come, come on. You can't have How that often happen does there. that thing get used? You have to make sure it works. <laughs> I mean, it only gets used in emergencies. Yeah. <laughs> and then it doesn't work. That is, you have an emergency, a, a very serious emergency, and it doesn't work. Um, but he was like talking. Yeah. You know, on his way off the field, as his teammates were helping him off, that was good to see. So. Hopefully Mason Rudolph is okay. Um, the this NFL could... just it was good. It was a good day in the NFL. The only thing I have to say, we're not gonna spend too much time because we're running out of time today. Um, he is actually we're watching the play now, Mason Rudolph, and, and I mean it just looks bad again. It's it just popped up on the screen on Reds. We got Red Zone on the studio. It looks it looks <laughs> giving rough. all the details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you aren't watching on Red Zone, if you didn't spend seven hours of your Sunday watching commercial free football, Scott Hansen, <laughs> time to invest in Red Zone. Um, but yeah, the really good games at one o'clock. There were ten of them. The crazy three to four o'clock hour, the witching hour there, was really good today. Um, and oh, there goes Mason Rudolph hit again. He just went limp. But. Um, Witching hour was great, but the only having two games at four thirty stinks. Yeah, I need more. I yeah. need much more. Space after. those out a little. Divide them up. Yeah, I like to see a nice split. A little, you know, give me six games at one o'clock. Give me six or seven at, at two. Whatever, however the math works out there, just give me those two. Um, and then we will move on to oh the one thing I wanted to mention. I saw this. I keep I've seen this on Twitter a little bit this week or the last couple of days. So there was a minor or. 
a picture for the twins who in the minor leagues used to drive Ubers to make extra money because as baseball fans know, uh, maybe all sports fans don't know this, minor league baseball players don't make any money, like hardly at all. They're getting a couple hundred bucks a week. Like it's it's crazy. It's some of them. Some of the guys in the lower levels of minor league baseball are making less than minimum wage, and Golly. You, you can't have another job during the season because you're playing baseball every single day. I mean, it's a gruesome sport, and you're taking crappy rides on buses to crappy towns that you don't want to be at, probably. And these kids aren't making any money. Um, so there's a story of of a Twins pitcher, uh, Randy Dobnak. I think I'm saying that right. Dobnak. Um, <laughs> Sounds like sounds like Mr. Doback from from Step Brothers. <laughs> but anyway, uh, ran, so Dobnak was an Uber driver in the minor leagues, as I said, and just to make extra money. And Yankees fans just started chirping him and chanting Uber at, at the at his at the pitcher. I thought it was kind of I I mean I'm a Red Sox fan. I hate the Yankees, and their fans are just disgusting people. Um, most of them, <laughs> and, and they're loud, obnoxious, and just basically just pretty much dumb most of them and uh don't know don't as a collective group don't have a whole lot of knowledge about baseball there are a select few i'll say but uh yeah but i don't get i don't this is this isn't like i saw an uproar about people saying oh this is so bad from yankees fans and this is so you know dumb and blah 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 like they shouldn't be chanting this is i thought it was kind of a funny chirp and i'm sure this guy didn't take it to heart like, the internet's freaking out about it. And I saw plenty of... I saw a Red Sox beat writer. There's someone in, from WEI in Boston who talks about the Red Sox every day on radio, national radio or local radio, and you can get it nationally because I listen to it in South Carolina, complaining about Yankees fans chanting this and how immoral it was. I'm like, dude, give me a break. I thought it was kind of a funny chirp, and, and you're just chanting Uber at him. It's not like you're chanting, like, you know, you're a terrible person and right. you saying nasty things about his family or anything. I, they're just chanting. I thought it was a good chirp, and I kind of like it. I kind of like the hostile. That's how Yankee Stadium's supposed to be. It's hostile. People have gotten so soft these days soft. in sports. It's like you really can't say anything. And any time you say something, there's a committee of people who are very – a committee or a group of people who are offended, so then therefore you have to have a response to them and apologize. People have gotten offended. This is why comedians say they're going to start just talking raw and they're stop apologizing because people need to get used to, like, everything in life is not going to be sweet. You're really – creating their own like perception of how life really is like no it's just sports if fans are upset they say things man as long as it's not super disrespectful to like a group of people or something and like I that do, i don't think this was no nah, it's like it's part of his history it's part of his story yeah so i mean it's october baseball like just i, and I don't know if i haven't seen any pick um comments from the pitcher yet dobnak but I don't like. I kind of like that. It's Yankee Stadium. It's October baseball. Fans are supposed to be rowdy and loud and just. I mean, just kind of getting other guys' heads. That's what baseball is. You you can chirp people. That is the beauty of it. It's not like football. There's so much noise going on. You can't hear like baseball crowds. You can hear like specific things out of them because the game is just slower, and it's more of like a. It's just the flow of the game is just different from other sports where you can pick out certain voices and you get this chant going uber i mean i think it's funny i mean i think it's funny i think if you have any good sense of humor you you think this is funny too i don't want to hear twins fans complain about it like i and i like i haven't seen a lot of that 
I've seen more media members complain about it and talk about how uh, wrong it was of Yankee fans. I'm I'm defending for once in my life. I'm defending Yankee fans here, and I liked it. So there you go. The Yankees are up two zip in that series, so it won't matter because the Twins are on their way out of the playoffs anyway. <laughs> um, the Braves are up right now as we're and they're in the top of the ninth. They look like they're going to take a two-one series lead. Um, so. There you go. I didn't think they'd make it out of the first round, but it looks like they're going to take a lead in the divisional series, and they'll wait until the NLCS to break all of your hearts, Atlanta, because they will. Um, and then we've got Dodgers tonight, Dodgers Nationals again. Dodgers are just, I mean, they're a wagon, but the Nats did tie it up uh, Friday night, Saturday night, whatever, whatever their last game two was, Friday night. Um, and then we've got the Astros who are leading their divisional series over the Rays to zip. The Astros will probably close that one out here shortly. Uh, at what They play at 1 o'clock Monday as you're listening to this. And then the Braves Cardinals will play again 3 o'clock. I love the midday baseball. You can just – it's just such a nice, nice excuse to just check out from <laughs> your job or school or whatever you have going on. Be like, sorry, sorry, boss, professor, whatever. October baseball is going on. I need to tune in. Love the day games. Love always baseball is just a day game sport. Love that. Um, but yeah, and then that about wraps it up. One um, one more thing, you went out to Sumter this week. Right? Yeah, went out to Talk watch. Sam, I think they call it Sumter Memorial Stadium. If I'm not mistaken, yep, Sumter Memorial Stadium. Went out there to watch Sumter play the Lugolfell Sumter Gamecocks play the Lugolfell and Demon Deacons or whatever they call themselves. <laughs> Sumter was up forty-four to nothing at the half, so I didn't decide to stay. I went ahead and beat the traffic back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably a good idea on that one. But uh, Sumter really tries to recreate the Gamecock experience. They have the sandstorm and all the things that come with that, and then the tunnels. That's interesting. I knew there were the Gamecocks. Yeah, they really try to recreate the experience. Yeah. I didn't know they had sandstorm and stuff. Um, it, I mean, I would say I would. Okay, Sumter obviously they played well. But they didn't play as well as Lugoff played bad. I always have the expression that bad teams, okay. bad things happen to bad teams, so therefore they never win. And so they even whenever Sumter messed up on occasion, like maybe an interception or a fumble, they just couldn't convert off of it. So obviously big win for them. But I will say, Saturday morning, you know, I had to hit the street, so went out to Meadow Lake Park to watch some uh, Pop Warner football when my little cousins was playing. And I'm telling you what, Pop Warner football, mighty might. Oh, it's, it's something serious. <laughs> so, it yeah. I will say the coaching is harder at the Pop Warner level than it is whenever you get to high school. Those <laughs> coaches are, like, lifting kids up. Like, you miss a tackle in Pop Warner. If you're safe, you miss that tackle. You got to come see that coach. You do not want to see him on Monday. That's funny. I, you can see legit fear in these kids' eyes, and I love it so much. <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. <laughs> so if you're looking for a true Southern experience as far as football, head out to your local Pop Warner Park on a Saturday morning, probably 10 o'clock a.m. You have the old man with the towels on. You got the guys in the barbershop because their sons or grandsons are playing. It is a full experience. That was some of the hardest coaches I've witnessed since watching Mike uh, not what's the guy uh, throw, they used to throw the chairs in college basketball oh um oh uh, Bobby Knight Bobby Knight you can <laughs> see some Bobby Knight football coaches out there on uh, Saturday mornings <laughs> at 10 a.m. <laughs> that is pretty funny all right so reminder we got my friend uh, Alex in next week Alex will be talking a little NASCAR with us they're running Dega next week uh, we don't know a whole lot about NASCAR um so it'll be fun to listen to Alex talk about it for a while and just kind of teach us about it. And they are in, like, the second stage of NASCAR playoffs, something like that. They do weird playoffs. It's 
it's kind of how golf is just the playoffs are weird now in golf too um it has made it more interesting in golf i can't speak for nascar i don't i don't keep up with it that often um but that'll be fun and we've got a good slate of games next weekend finally getting some good <laughs> good like games that actually matter yeah in conference play um in the sec the greatest conference in the land um and and got the red river shootout in the big 12 and we have uh lsu florida and, and we're gonna have some other well, big games in the sec here in the next couple of weeks south carolina is at georgia we will talk about that one probably to great extent if there is anything to talk about so we'll see what kind of the the game the, the game can give the bulldogs um, we'll talk about all of that on Friday. We may do a Thursday drop. So, Matthew, if you don't know, Matthew and I are both uh, students here at USC, and we have reached fall break. Yeah. Thank God. Um, it feels quick, though. I oh, mean, my. We're already on, dude, we're already on week seven of college football. Like, this is week seven going up. Um, and, and it's crazy to think that a lot of teams in the country have already played five or six games, or almost every team in the country has already played five or six games. And we're flying through the season. I wanted to press the brakes a little bit. But at the same time, we're finally just getting the good football, uh, like really good football every weekend and week out. So we will be on fall break this week. So we may release a little early. Yeah. We'll let it, we'll let it drop. Um, and we'll, we'll tweet about it. Go follow us at the lead underscore block. Follow, Tell- follow me at Tyler Walter CNR and Matt at Matt, the chosen one with the number one. Yep. Turn on the post notifications too, so therefore you see whenever we get up, we give updates. Yeah, absolutely. We always tweet out the link uh, to the podcast as soon as we, or the morning, we drop them at five a.m. and I wake up at usually seven <laughs> and, and tweet it probably a good bit before Matthew wakes up. But yeah, I'm I'm up early on Friday, so I usually tweet that out seven seven thirty, um, on my way out the door. And um, yeah, give us a follow. Go follow us on Instagram as well. Uh, find the lead block on there. We're out there. And keep listening and tell your friends. Go rate, subscribe, review on Apple Podcasts. Um, keep downloading on Spotify, wherever else you listen. Find a way to let us know what you think. Reach out to us on Twitter with any questions or any topics uh, that you want to talk about on the show. Um, we will keep talking. The only request we've gotten so far is just from my buddy who listens that says talk Texas football some more. Oh, really? So we've been talking Texas football. That's why I've thrown it in the last few shows. Gotcha. But Texas was has had some interesting games lately. So And they're going to have a great – we're going to talk about them a great extent next week, so in the next two shows uh, because of their big matchup this weekend. Uh, we'd like to remind you this has been a production of Garnet Media Group. Thank you to Garnet Media Group for allowing us to come on your platform and, and or for allowing us to have a platform to talk with the people about some football, among other things. Um and we'd like to say a special thank you to Ben, uh, ben Sound for our intro and outro music. That's it for me, Matthew. Any last words? No, that's all, man. That's it. We will see you Thursday or Friday. This has been Lee Block. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday.